This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Lately on The Exchange, we've been talking all about the post-purchase experience, specifically around email. But today we're digging into one of the most important interaction points post-purchase, the moment your order arrives. This is your first time being able to physically interact with the brand. You can hold, smell, and touch what you bought. And today we're talking all about the unboxing experience, its importance, how to build a great one, and some strategies to adopt and avoid. To educate us all on that, we have Phil Axar from ARCA joining us today. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thanks so much, Alex. Appreciate you having me. Now, before we get into the details of the unboxing experience, do you mind just giving our listeners a quick overview of ARCA and what you guys are all about? Yeah, absolutely. Every physical product you buy needs packaging, right? So uh, ARCA.com platform where businesses can design and order packaging online. Uh, go to our website, select the package, brand it with your logo, check out. Uh, we're shipped anywhere uh, around the world. Uh, we produce here in North America. We're FSC certified, eco-friendly and sustainable packaging for your e-commerce needs. Amazing. Short, sweet, to the point. I love it. Now, before we get into the details, I want to ask you a very high-level question. I think it's probably the best way to get us started here is, why should a brand care about the unboxing experience? Why is it so important? For sure. Look, packaging is a commodity. Your product might even be a commodity if it's some sort of beauty product, apparel product, CBD product, whatever the case your product might be. You're going to want to find ways to stand out no matter what whether it's in the messaging of your website, in the checkout of your website, in the way that your product allows for returns, um, in the way that your product itself stands out, packaging is going to be one of the easiest ones that you could possibly invest in when it comes to standing out so that the choice can be made to purchase yours over someone else's. We've seen businesses take an iterative process on this, and that's something I'm going to repeat a lot. Uh, But long story short, if you want to be able to put forth some sort of effort that shows your buyers, your customers, your user base, your community, for lack of a better phrase, that you give a shit, invest in the product that delivers the product itself, which in this case is your packaging. Yeah. The first thing someone's going to see, like everything's digital up to the point it arrives at your door. And that package is the first thing that they're going to see. Totally. And it's strange because I think I've been doing a lot of online shopping lately, specifically in the Shopify space. And I would say like, less than 50% of the packages that are coming to my door are in any sort of branded packaging. And you talked a little bit there about an iterative process. Like, why do you think so few brands are using branded packaging? And do you think an iterative process would help people get more comfortable with this? It would. That's actually a really good point. So two things, one of which is shameless plug. (laughs) Finding a provider that can give you flexibility of like a low minimum order quantity is really freaking hard. It's part of the reason why we started ARCA. Um, with Arca, you can design an order as few as 10 boxes and as few as 100 polymailer bags, fully branded. Typically, when you're looking at the landscape of the packaging world, you're going to have at least like a 10,000 unit minimum order quantity. And that's just not feasible when your average active Shopify store does something like 700 shipments a month. Yep. So first things first, it's going to be tough for them to just find a provider. So maybe they just haven't heard about Arca yet. In which case, if you're listening, hit us up. The other part about the iterative process just tends to be the simple fallacy that I think most businesses, most people might carry as a characteristic of just wanting it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So they hold out and they hold out and they hold out. And then all of a sudden they just say, boom, I want an Apple box. (laughs) And by that, I mean, Apple, like an Apple product box. And that's great. That's 
that's fine. Like we can do that. Other providers can do that. But A, you're going to break the bank with it. And B, it's not a shippable box. The box that has to go inside of another box. Like if all they did was explore the best way to make like a fundamental difference from like an unbranded package to a branded package, whether it's like a sticker or tape or whatever, like a, like a card inside with your logo on it, like hand stamped, I think businesses will be much better off. And it just tends to be a route that, like you said, not more than 50% take when, when starting out. So I think it's about educating. I think it's about businesses like ours that are in the e-com space to let folks in the community know like there is a way for you to get your branding and your messaging across without having something be like perfect at the very beginning, because you might surprise yourself. And in this case, quantity will create quality through this iterative process of having different types of packages, different types of branding. And by that, I don't mean different logos, different designs, but I mean, just different ways that you have that branding showcased uh, on behalf of your product and ultimately your, your company. What's the saying? Perfect is the enemy of great. And if you get too stuck on perfect, you never actually do anything. So I, I really like that approach with the iterative process, even stickers, even tape, some way to make it a little bit branded. And you talked a bit about the size of Shopify store and like the, the minimum order quantities. And I think that's hitting at something that I hear a lot. I recommend branded packaging all the time. And I'm almost always met with, we want to do it, but it's too expensive. So I think your iterative process can help with that. Sure. But if you were someone on the team really pushing for branded poly mailers, branded boxes, like you want to really invest in this. How do you justify the investment? Not like, hey, it's going to be this cost, but like, what am I talking to my financial people at the brand about to say like, hey, this is going to do X for us? I mean, you can always throw out statistics that are based on like anecdotal data around like, oh, 63% of customers are likely to purchase the product again because they had some sort of branding. But just take all of that data away for a second and look at the fact of common sense. Nobody's going to be posting your shit online if it's in a brown box. Nobody's going to tweet that. Nobody's going to put that on TikTok or Instagram or anything. Why would anyone be excited to share something like that? So even having some sort of simple branding can make a huge difference. And in that regard, I would just have you understand like, okay, look at your business. What sort of like network effects can I capitalize on if people are going to be wanting to actually like showcase my product and ultimately showcase the packaging that the product came inside of? Since Packaging and the product itself really come hand in hand. If you've got a Rolex in a brown box, you would think it's fake. Yep. Plain and simple, right? So, I mean, the opposite has that effect as well. Like, look at Movement Watches. And I'm sorry if Movement Watches is like a sponsor of y'all or anything, but like, they're just like a very simple product that uses fantastic packaging um, with a watch that, to be honest, is like pretty cheap, but they've absolutely blown up thanks to the magic and power of branding. Otherwise, like they're just bulk ordering stuff off of like Alibaba, throwing it in some really nice packaging and shipping it out the door. They've, they've created a brand. They've, they've created an identity around their ability to, to just like showcase what it is that they have to offer. And there's no way they would have blown up or any other insert company here would have blown up if they were just shipping in like plain brown boxes their entire life. A hundred percent agree with that. The network effects. When is someone most likely to brag about what they bought or showcase what they bought is when they first get it. It's when they're most excited about it. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of shopping recently and one of my orders came in a brown box with brown tape and I opened it up and it was just crunched up brown paper. Looked like it just came straight from yeah. straight from a warehouse that they had no idea what had happened. Another experience, order something from Bird Dogs, comes in a beautiful branded box. I open it up. There's customer quotes on the inside. There's a couple jokes on the inside of the box. 
you know I took pictures of that and sent it to like, I think I sent it to probably 12 different people. I didn't put it on social, so I didn't give that full network effects, but I did tell a bunch of people about it. <laughs> awesome. We worked with bird dogs. They're uh, cool groups of folks. We also worked with chubbies too, not to combat with the bird dogs, but I'm just saying that that product, there's a vibe about it. Mm-hmm. Not to be too uh, Gen Z or millennial about it, but yeah, there's a definite vibe that comes with, with that product. And I think the packaging complements that big time. Yeah, definitely Gen Z millennial with the vibe, but I, I say vibes all the time. I probably say it 15 times a week. So me too. <laughs> if you were to put together kind of like the best unboxing experience from, let's say like a, just the packaging side of things for right now, we'll get into like what to include inside the box in a second. But if you're putting packaging together, brand is doing the standard brown box right now. Let's start with what would you recommend they do to start that iterative process? Like if you were going to jump in and start somewhere and then how would they level that up to be kind of best in class on the packaging front? Sure. There's step functions, right? So folks come to us when they're first starting out and we'll even say if you're in the United States, go to USPS and get packaging for free. I don't care. Just get your product out there first and foremost. Don't wait. From there, you can have the freedom to ship with any carrier using a plain white box or a plain brown box. From there, you can do custom branded tape. You can do custom branded stickers. I'm actually the biggest fan of tape over stickers just because tape has like a utility function behind it. And it gives you a way to actually have like a patternized version of like your logo essentially going across the tape that goes around the box itself. So that's great. And then from there, you can actually brand the entire box. You can make sure it's eco-friendly depending on the material you use. That's something that we have in terms of the fact that it's like FSC certified and make sure that everything's recycled or recyclable. But then you said, let's not talk about what's inside the box yet, but I have to jump to it. (laughs) It has to do with ships in its own container. I think that's a huge thing. It's actually something that Amazon gave us a certification for SIOC. PSP and FFP. That first acronym is SIOC, ships in its own container. And it just has to do with the very box itself having some sort of insert to hold the product. So like, here's a company that like Geiger sent us and they have, it's just plain white box, but this product in here is essentially sitting inside of this insert. They ship like collectible cards, which is actually pretty cool, like holographic cards. And being able to have this product sit inside of something instead of rattling around inside of like a crinkle paper I think in some cases is even more important than the branding itself. Because if this came in like a basketball pattern, super nice, and then you open it up and it's like rattling around like this, it completely defeated the entire experience. What the hell is this? So one of the first things I'll actually ask businesses, and it's so rare that they listen to this advice, unfortunately, but those of you who are listening, please, please, please give this a shot. First and foremost, make sure that your product can ship in its own container. And be better than packing peanuts, be better than crinkled paper, try and insert. It's so clean. It completely levels up the game uh, when it comes to a good packaging experience. And then from there, you can work on the branding itself. That would be my first step, to be completely honest. I love that. And you're so right. If it's completely branded, looks beautiful on the outside of the package, it shows up at your door, you open your door and it looks great. As soon as you take it inside and open it up, if you've killed the experience as soon as the box gets open, then it doesn't really matter what you put on the outside of it. Totally, totally, totally. Similarly, if this is unbranded, but it opens up and the insert is there, it's holding the product, this shows effort, it shows care. And the person who sent it wants to make sure that the product showed up not damaged, right? Like that in itself, I think is is sending a message and is hugely important for businesses to pay attention to because we have folks that won't skimp on the actual branding all day. But then when it comes to final delivery, they don't know that something like this makes it so much cleaner. And that is, I think, one of the most important things you can do with your business is making sure that the product shows up not damaged. Like, isn't that common sense? Yep. 
I wanted to arrive safely. Uh, I just paid for this. I wanted to arrive safely. And to have like a clean experience is nice. Like this is tight. I love it. That's two recommendations in a row there where it's, hey, we can find ways to build on the experience that also provides a functional benefit. And I think that's like one takeaway I would get if I'm listening right now is like, hey, there's ways to make this look beautiful and ways to build an experience. But like, look for ways where you can actually do both at the same time. Yeah. Where can I level this up on the brand experience and functionality that's going to deliver a better experience? Mm-hmm. 100%. And for those that are curious, like the insert itself, it's just made of cardboard, same material that the box is made out of. You can brand the cardboard, whether it's the box itself, the insert inside, it's all recyclable. So stay away from foam. You don't need to do that if those that are watching this or listening to this thinking that, oh, you want to get extra fancy with foam. Don't do that. Don't do that. Cardboard is underrated and the way to go. You heard it here. Cardboard, underrated. Now, with the inserts that you're putting in there, is there anything else that you think makes a killer unboxing experience? So I've got the package. I've opened it up. It's safe. It's sound. It's secure. I open this up. Like Anything else that you're seeing brands build a great experience with when that box gets open? Totally. So since you can brand the inside and outside of the box, this flap right here, this is some juicy real estate that you should be playing around with, whether it's some sort of messaging or as of late, a QR code to help with connectivity of whatever it is that you want to display for your clients to be able to play around. Maybe it scans and takes them directly to your social media and it posts the next photo that you take and you get 10% off. Why aren't you doing that? Like, that's great. I would definitely mess with that. Um, Or something that we've done with Smile smile.io that is a uh, rewards and loyalty program that allows you to essentially print on the inside of the box a QR code that when you scan the box, you will get directed to a website where you can put in your zip code and find the closest uh, recycling station for that box. That will give you points towards whatever that merchant sets up for their customer to be able to get either a percentage off or kudos or something. So that's one thing. Another one is adjacent products. Maybe it's like last season's flavor of product that you have, either literally or metaphorically flavor, meaning like, you know, we have a company that we work with that just like does CBD gummies and they had a really popular winter flavor that they just started throwing in for free in the boxes that came afterwards. Or if this t-shirt is from last season and you wanted to throw it in with the existing apparel that you have, totally fine. But the opportunities are limitless. There are businesses that you can work with that will create handwritten notes or like notes that look like they're handwritten if you don't have time, if you have more than let's say hundreds of folks that you need to write to, maybe you should be spending your time a little bit better than writing 500 letters at a time. And you can get companies that do that for you for fairly cheap. At the end of the day, the number one word I will point to that shows that you give a fuck or give a shit for those that you're listening, depending on what you bleeped out (laughs) effort, effort, effort's the most important thing, man. Like in any relationship, right? Isn't it just all about the effort, whether it's, a friendship or any type of relationship. And then in this case, your relationship with your customer, like, are you putting effort into this or not? Is this showing that you care what they see? You care what they want to share. You care that they come back. You care that they had a good first time experience, whether that's through additional products, making sure the functionality of the box itself, parcel itself, whether it's a box or a bag or what have you, is it protecting the product? Is there nice branding in here? Are you giving me an offer to try you again? Are you giving me an offer to share? Are you giving me an offer to recycle? Are you giving me an adjacent product that you want me to try out? What's going on? Like, where's the effort? Because the last thing they want to get, Alex, is your original experience of it looked like it came from a warehouse and clearly it was just like thrown on the back of the truck and sent to me. Yeah. Cool. Then that's why we'll go to Amazon. Guys, everyone who's listening, you're competing with Amazon and Amazon still ships toothbrushes 
in boxes that looks like it could have fit a toaster inside of it. That's because it's a huge multi-billion someday trillion dollar company. So it's up to you to stand apart. And there's so many ways you can do that with a very little investment that can give you a positive ROI. Yeah. You mentioned there, like we're all competing against Amazon. And one thing I say is like Amazon's kind of like the vending machine of the internet. Totally. That's great. I love that. It's price and convenience, right? So if you're going to try to compete on price and convenience, you're going to lose. And the post-purchase experience is like one of those final frontiers to really differentiate on. And you said it comes down to one word. It comes down to effort and effort after that first purchase. I think like brands have done a fantastic job and we've optimized the crap out of the acquisition process and like making sure that that is an experience. As soon as we get that sale though, that brown box that ships comes to my door, it's a little bit bruised and battered, has some paper, some packing peanuts thrown in it. I open it and there's nothing in there. There might be like some sort of summary of my order and that's it. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't feel very special when something arrives like that, especially from brands that put so much effort into getting me to actually transact with them that they don't care about the relationship afterwards. That really hurts my soul when I see that. Yeah, it's, it's worse. You're basically ghosting on a new date. Don't do that. Don't focus on the courtship and then just like blow it after you got what you wanted. I mean, if you want to establish a relationship, if you want this to be, some, I'm serious. Like if you want this to be something ongoing, if you want to, if you want to make this real, show that you care afterwards. Let's get breakfast. Let's talk. Let's continue the discussion. You nailed it on the head. Like there's so much effort put in towards the courtship of trying to acquire. And then the post-purchase experience, everybody fumbles. It's similar to even people do that within the post-purchase experience where it's so nice and they open it up and it's a dud. Like what is it? So don't celebrate too early listeners. Like to the moment that they take that product out and want to post it online, it's your job to do an amazing, amazing job. Yeah. The one nice thing is, I don't know if you're feeling this too, but I do feel like we are waking up to post-purchase and we are waking up to customer retention. I find myself talking to brands about this a lot more than I did in the past. And some of the suggestions you made on like what you can include in the box goes a long way. Like don't think of the package as just a way to get something to your customer who made a purchase. Think about that entire unboxing experience as setting up the next purchase. Like if you make them feel a certain way, you're talking about like where my head goes to with what to include in there. It's like a sample. Say I bought some sort of like, I don't know, yeah. pomade and they put a little sample in there of the clay and say, hey, if you're trying more of like a dry look hairstyle, try this out. What a fantastic way to give them more, level up the experience and actually encourage someone to come back for a second purchase. Exactly. It's super important. Like I'm seeing a wake up to it as well, which is really nice. People caring about it because I think we're all starting to come from the customer's experience. I mean, what were you saying a minute ago? You've been doing a lot of online shopping. I've been doing a lot of online shopping. Just put yourself in the customer's experience. Maybe even bribe from your own store. Uh, what is it? Dog fooding your product. Pro tip right there. Definitely do that. <laughs> Why not? I mean, <laughs> the money's just going towards their own business anyway. It's like scrutinize the shit out of it. Pretend it's not your business for a second. And then heavily recognize that it is your business for a second. And what the hell are you doing? What is your business providing? Where's the effort? Going back to that work, where's the effort? I said, I've been buying a lot online recently and I basically made it my mission. Like one, I said, I'm not going to buy from Amazon for the rest of the year. So I'm basically going to buy only from Shopify brands. Wow. Good on you. So that's one. But two is as I'm doing this, it's just opening my eyes to all the different experiences, post-purchase email, the the unboxing experience, what the follow-up looks like, what the replenishment looks like. So yeah, dog food, your own product and like go and buy from yourself, but also just like 
go test the waters on what's out there. Like, what are other people doing? I'm not saying go out and copy people, but life's a remix. If you go and you see something that you like, how can you remix it? How can you put your brand to that and make it your own? And there are some table stakes out there that you might even need to copy, to be completely honest. So I think you put it really well. Life's remix. See how you can remix it for sure. That's, that's awesome. So if you're building an unboxing experience, someone goes, hey, Phil, what's your number one tip for creating that sense of like making it feel like there was an effort there? I open up that box. What's your number one thing? If you can only pick one thing, what should everyone start today? Make sure your product arrives in one piece. Seriously, like the the thing I was describing earlier, for real, having some sort of insert so that your product can ship in its own container. I don't want waste. I don't want to have to open up a box inside of another box. And inside that box is a bunch of crinkle paper. Sturdy box with an insert holds your product safely. Like that's, that's, that's the start. That's the start. Because that really is like a naked canvas for the product to just arrive. That's fine. Everything on top of that is bells and whistles when it comes to really nice branding, showing what it is you can do, QR codes, samples, whatever. But fuck's sake, like it needs to arrive in one piece. Like first and foremost, it just needs to arrive safely. So SIOC ships in its own container. You know, let's talk about that if you're a business and is trying to figure out a way to do that. Because if you've skipped that and have done everything beyond, you are super diluting that experience by not having it first start with what we're talking about right now, which is having it ship in its own container and being well protected. That needs to happen like first and foremost, like get in a car seatbelt first, like without the seatbelt, what the hell are you doing? Yep. So that is number one. I can't stress that enough. Seatbelt analogy there is fantastic. You also said something in there that I've never actually really thought of in the unboxing experience, but I experienced it the other day when you said like, oh, there's a box in a box and there's all this paper. I actually had something the other day where I opened it, unboxed it, and then it like completely filled up my recycling bin that's in my house and I had to go take it out to the garage. That doesn't feel and good. Like, you saying that reminded me of that, Alex, go take the recycling bin out because like you completely filled it up. And it was one purchase, one box. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, um, you know, it's wasteful. Going back to our Gen Z and millennial comment, look, like we're, I think you and I are millennials. I, I think we're around the same age. I don't think you were born after, what is it, 96? So tomorrow's main purchasers, however, are all going to be Gen Z. And Gen Z has a 60% plus prerequisite towards sustainability and eco-friendliness. So it's going to be table stakes for you to have some sort of eco-friendliness or sustainability as a brand pillar for your business. And being wasteful is going to defeat whatever dolphins you're saving in the ocean or forests that you're saving. If you're not at least minimalizing this waste, Whereas whatever your product is doing, because it's plastic free or whatever, if you have to take out the recycling bin, I don't care how, how many rainforests you save, like that just made you feel like shit. And that's something that you need to avoid. So um, another thing we can talk about, again, it goes back to the ships in its own container, making sure that it's eco-friendly materials. Like we have an FSC certification by the Forestry Service certification. Um, it's an annual audit that we have on our business. And two other companies I want to name drop real quick is EcoCart. Actually, a third one. We just talked to another one yesterday. EcoCart, Pachama, and Neutral. So these are all businesses uh, that help e-com get carbon neutral supply chain, whether it's the shipping of the product, the warehousing. So we work with ShipBob, and ShipBob is working with Pachama to do uh, carbon neutral warehousing, which is freaking insane. So like whatever they're spending on like GHG emissions, like the emissions that happen from running a warehouse or creating packaging, working with one of these businesses allows you to offset that by replanting trees in a certain sector. And you can actually go based on marketplace, like 
I'm currently living in Austin, Texas. Uh, however, I'm originally from California. And one of the initiatives, for example, can be uh, contributing to like uh, remedying all the forest fires that are happening in California. Um, and I think that's awesome to be able to offset those emissions and create something that's carbon neutral, I think is, is more of a hot topic right now and something that businesses can look for, especially because it's only something like a 2% to like a 6% add-on to whatever you're purchasing, whatever you're selling. So that goes back to maybe not everyone today that buys your product is Gen Z, but tomorrow they will be. Uh, and if you plan on having your business be around tomorrow and the day after that, which we very much so plan on, you want to be able to not just cater to that. I'm not trying to placate here, yeah. but let's be real. It is important. <laughs> it affects all of us. And if you can put effort towards that, I think you will see a positive ROI for sure. We'll put those three companies in the the show notes for people to check out. We actually had EcoCart on the podcast uh, a few months ago talking about talking about carbon offsets. So oh, right on. I'll put a link to that uh, episode in the show notes for, so people can listen to that as well. Cool. All right. I feel like this is all going to come to one final question for you here, Phil, which is with everything that you've been talking about, is there a brand out there that you think people listening to should be looking to? You think they crush the packaging, they crush the unboxing experience, they're really putting an effort in who should people be looking to out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a few. One of my favorites that I'm working with right now is actually Verma Farms. They are a Shopify merchant that does CBD products. And they ship their boxes with inserts that come in glass jars. So they minimize the use of plastic. Check out their website or check out their Insta. I don't know if this is public yet, but they also acquired Penguin CBD, which has a stellar Instagram with the branding that they have. So I think being able to combine your external and digital front of what your branding can be and marrying and pairing that with the physical, which is like your actual packaging and the product itself and just crushing that game. I have to give it up for Verma Farms. Like they're doing an incredible job. Um, we've been working with them for a while. One of the founders, uh, AJ Agrawal, he was actually on a course with me. So Arca did a course for Shopify. Shopify has a course academy called Shopify Compass. And we did one on packaging and shipping your product sustainably. And um, he was on there and we were going over packaging and finding out like what the best ways are. And if you are using plastic, make sure it's recycled and recyclable. And the branding is, it's just so fun and so playful while also being hyper responsible with what they're using for their packaging that complements their, their digital front, right? Because you can't, like, you need both. Like one, yep. one hand washes the other and both hands wash the face. And if the face of your company is going to be outstanding and setting it apart, then Again, guys, put that effort in so that you can get a good return on your investment and reward the community that gives you that money to keep yourself going, to keep the business going. You're on fire with the analogies today, man. I'm loving them. Great. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to summarize what we talked about today uh, and you add in anything that you think I forgot. So I think the biggest takeaways from me today are an iterative process. You don't need to go and build an Apple quality box right off the bat. And one of your biggest recommendations was stickers or even tape because tape is something that you can brand with and provides a functional purpose as well. Talking about the network effects of a beautiful unboxing experience, people are never as excited as they are when that package first arrives. And if you can capitalize on that to get them to share, as well as potentially do something else, QR code inside the top flap, um, encouraging people to recycle that. How can you build on the experience as soon as that package arrives? Might butcher the acronym here, but SIOC, ship in own container. So making sure that everything is going to arrive safe not broken exactly how you wanted it to get there. 
And the biggest thing is effort. We talked a lot in the episode about the post-purchase experience. You can't put all of the effort up front to get the sale, to get the transaction, and then ghost someone after the fact. The unboxing experience is one of the best ways to show people that you care. Absolutely. Dude, you crushed that uh, summary. Outstanding. I think we need to save this snippet. Hey, guys, if you see this in our Google ads or social media ads, you'll know where it came from. This excellent podcast with Alex. All right. Before we let you go, anywhere where our listeners, if they want to learn more about you as an individual, like a LinkedIn, Twitter, a blog, where can people go? One, learn more about you and two, learn more about Arca. Dude, believe it or not, I'm in the camp of privacy as the new celebrity. So I don't even have an Instagram anymore. Everything's through Arca's <laughs> Instagram. I'm less in the limelight, but yeah, I have a LinkedIn. It's Philip Axar. You're welcome to stalk me, send me a message, ask me any questions. I typically get a lot of random folks hitting me up for YC interview prep because I went through YC like six years ago. And when people get called back for interview, they'll, they'll have me grill them. I'm always happy to do that. Or if you just want some sort of like consultation on your e-commerce biz, like I can help with that as well. And then obviously for Arca, it's ARKA.com and you should hit up support at ARKA.com if you have any questions. I can see any of those if you're like, hey. I listened to Alex's podcast. I saw Philip talk. Uh, the support team will ping me and I'll be able to have visibility on your tickets in case there was any questions you wanted to call back to this podcast. But yeah, my Twitter is uh, at P and then my last name, Axar. I'm rarely on there, to be honest. I, I stay out of the limelight. These, these situations are rare. And I only today found out, I don't know if you can tell, I only today found out that it's going to be video. <laughs> I thought it was going to be strictly audio. So apologies, listeners and watchers for that one. But yeah, check us out. We'd love to help. Um, holidays are coming around a lot sooner than you think, probably by the time this is posted, if it's end of July or early August. August is the biggest month that platforms like Shopify, BigCommerce, Square, Wix, Weebly spend on ads in preparation for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So if you're listening to this, you're already ahead of the game because it's time to get started. Awesome. And we'll get links to all of those places in the show notes so everyone can check them out. Phil, this has been a fantastic conversation. Like I said, your analogies were on point. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. This is a blast. That's been The Exchange, presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.